Good morning. It's in the wee hours of the morning where I came from. It's uh, 2 30 in the morning. So, but I have been here long enough now that I have become more accustomed to the time in which I'm standing rather than the time from which I came. So, it's good to be with you. Uh, this is truly a, a, uh, an honor to be here for your anniversary service. Uh, I would consider it a privilege. We've enjoyed great fellowship already with some of you. And uh, we've been able to have a question and answer session yesterday. We were able to go out and pass out some tracts yesterday. Great fellowship with uh, the flicks as well. So it's just been a really enjoyable time so far. I hope we can say that after the next two hours. <laughs> Turn with me in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4. I am from a city in Texas called Corpus Christi, which translated means the body of Christ. And uh, we are on the coast. People have asked me about the temperature and climate. In the summertime, it'll be 35 degrees and very high humidity during the middle of the day. And so right now, given the temperature that we're experiencing here, I'm really glad to be here. Yeah. <laughs> Ephesians chapter 4, I'd like you to see with me a very, a very common passage, one that you probably already know well, but I think there are some things that we'll see in it today that can be a help to you. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11. He gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ, till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, that we henceforth be no more children tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine by the slight of men and cunning craftiness whereby they lie and wait to deceive. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. But speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things which is the head even Christ from whom the whole body, fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. Now we're going to talk about this passage uh, a great bit. Uh, we'll do so during the Sunday school time, and then we'll talk about it some more during the morning preaching. But there's a piece in here that I emphasized when we were reading verse 15, and I'd like to draw your attention to it again. It's there in, uh, in the early part of the verse, in the middle part of the verse, grow up into him. That's what we're going to talk about this morning, is growing up into him. That is the Lord Jesus Christ, growing up into him. Uh, 
this passage and that phrase within this passage encourages you to go from spiritual childhood to spiritual maturity. Uh, when you get saved, we say to you, you're now a son of God. To as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God. We say you are now a child of God. And as newborn babes, we are to desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow thereby. So your relationship to the Lord Jesus Christ in him begins like a child like a child and children you don't expect maturity from children but you do expect something from children and what you expect from children is growth uh, there are some children that have been dismissed into their Sunday school class but there are some other children who are older who have or staying in this meeting with us this morning that's because they are more mature than those that have been dismissed. And then, of course, there are adults here. So, so as we have a natural growth in life to grow from infancy into childhood, childhood into adolescence, adolescence into adulthood, so you should have a growth in Christ. And uh, when you first get saved... And some of you may have only been saved a short while, or may, maybe some of you have been saved a while, but you have not really begun to grow. Now, I was that way. Uh, I truly believed that at, at the age of 15, I received Jesus Christ as my Savior. But I didn't really grow, and I didn't begin to grow until I was 32 years old. So you could say about um, me at 32 years old, I was just as much a child in Christ then as I was when I was 15 years old, even though, even though I was more mature carnally. When I was 15, I was still in high school. When I was 32, I was president of a bank. In life, I had matured, but in Christ, I had not matured. I'd not grown. So it may be that some of you have been saved a while, but you haven't grown in spiritual maturity. When you are still a child in Christ, you are most vulnerable to the problems that we saw when we read this text. In verse 14, children can be tossed to and fro. Did you ever play the game with your children where, where you toss the child back and forth? When we would be on holiday, sometimes we'd be swimming with the children and, and we'd throw, throw the children back. And they laughed and carried on. Children can easily be tossed to and fro. Children can easily be deceived. Children are often taught, for instance, in their, in their childhood that there's such a man as called Santa Claus. That's deception. <laughs> It makes for a nice occasion when you're opening presents, but there is no such thing as Santa Claus, right? But you know, there are some children who have grown up in church who did not grow up in Christ, who when they get to college are taught that Jesus Christ is a fairy tale, just like Santa Claus, and that he's no more real than Santa Claus. You know what the problem is? They did not grow up in him. See? 
So you can be carried away with every wind of doctrine. And may, may I tell you something? There are preachers that I know today who are, you would, you would assume, and rightly so, are spiritually mature. But I have seen spiritually mature pastors get carried away with a wind of doctrine. So you're never, you're never not vulnerable, but you're most vulnerable as a child, as a child. So children, children, we, 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 we here must recognize that we must grow up into him, grow up into Christ. And growing up in Christ involves several things that we just saw in the text. First of all, it, 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 um, it requires growing, as you might expect. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15 again says, But speaking the truth in love may grow up. We'll tell our children sometimes when we expect them to behave better than, than they are. Grow up. Or we'll tell some person who is uh, moody, right, troubled about something they shouldn't be troubled about. We'll say, you just need to grow up. Well, we do. You need to grow up. And you do that by, verse 11, pastors and teachers speaking the truth to you in love. Verse 15 says, speaking the truth in love which is what I'm doing now. I don't know you well enough to say I love you to the same effect that I would be able to say that to my wife because we are very intimately aware and knowledgeable of each other. But I can truly say that I am speaking the truth to you today in love because I have no desire to hurt you or manipulate you or intimidate you in any way by the things I'm saying. My desire is to do what, what uh, Brother Flick obviously intended by inviting me to come, and that is to be a help to you. And if I speak that truth to you in love for the truth, in love for the Lord, in love for you as his people, then, then this can be an opportunity for us to grow up closer to him and more in him. Uh, the Bible says that here... Uh, it speaks of edifying. We see that in verse 12, for the edifying of the body of Christ. And at the end of verse 16, we see this edifying of itself in love. To edify is to instruct in such a way as to improve. So hopefully by our meeting today and Monday night and Tuesday night, There'll be something that you receive from the Lord Jesus Christ and from his words through his spirit that's going to help you, that's going to improve you, that's going to edify you, that's going to help you to grow. And the interesting thing is, in growing, you never plateau. You know, in physical stature, we plateau. I've reached that age now where I'm not going to get taller, I'm going to get shorter. When my father was my age, he went to the doctor, and the doctor asked him, my father's name was Leo, Leo, how tall are you? And he said, I'm five foot eight. He said, not anymore. You're five foot five inches. You, so I've, I've, I've 
I'm not, there's not, I may grow out, but I'm not going to grow up. Okay. That's just not going to happen anymore. And here he says, notice in verse 15, speaking the truth in love may grow up into him. Listen, in all things. And that's because he is the head. So, so in other words, my, my hand obviously is a part of this body. Wouldn't, it be, wouldn't I be freakish if my hand was still the size of, it was in childhood, but the rest of my body had grown? That would be freakish. So, so, so the Lord expects us together to all grow and individually to grow up into Him in all things, in all things. So all of my body has grown. So in all of the areas that I need to grow up into Him, all of me, all things need to be growing. Some people want to grow in doctrine, but they don't want to grow in love. That's a mistake. Okay, so that's the first thing. Growing up in him involves, obviously, growing. Growing up in him also involves fitting, fitting. Look at, again in verse 16. From whom the whole body, what are the next three words? Say those with me. Fitly joined together. Fitly joined together. Today I'm wearing... Uh, I'm from Texas, so I'm wearing boots. Yeah. 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 Wearing boots. Got a big Texas star right on the front. Uh, yeah, I'm wearing boots. I'm a Texan. Okay. I'm going to tell you what. When I when I th- these these boots were made by a friend of mine. They're they're so they're custom made. I slipped my foot into the boot this morning, and I'm going to tell you something. It fits it fits is because it was made for me so so you are made for Christ when you're saved and you should fit you should fit you fit somewhere uh, God did not just save you to take you to heaven when you die There's something to be done between the time of your salvation and the time of your arrival in heaven. You're you're being fitted for something. Uh, In the industry of pipes, they call call, uh, men that work with those pipe fitters. What they do is they thread the pipe in such a way that it joins and fits another piece of pipe. So you're, you're being fit and God knows this. The Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 18, God hath set the members in the body as it hath pleased him. So you fit somewhere. You're not to cause a fit. (laughs) No, No, you are to fit somewhere. But you have to grow into that fit. And I would say this. If you are not currently finding where you fit in this body of believers, you're either, number one, not part of this body yet. That means you haven't yet gotten saved. Or you're still in the nursery. So I'm seeing, where I'm standing, I see there's a sign up there that says Mother's Room. And there are mothers in there that have infants that, 
either need to be quieted or nursed or changed. You should not be in that room. You should be in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you should have graduated from that by now. Yeah, you're, you're being fitted for something, all right? <laughs> it may very well be, if you don't know where you fit, that you are beginning the process, but you just, just God has not revealed that to you where you fit, you see? In other words, when I began to serve the Lord, I didn't realize that I would be a pastor. And I certainly didn't realize that I would be a pastor of a church in Corpus Christi standing in a pulpit in porch. Was that pretty good? Okay, yeah. Preaching you today, I had no idea, but God knew. And so when, when I began to serve the Lord after 32, when I began to grow up, I was doing what many of you are doing, passing out tracks, arranging chairs, singing, visiting people. One, thing's less, one thing leads to another, but I was growing into that which I was fit to do. So you, you're growing, you're fitting. There should be some awareness that you belong here somewhere. You have a purpose here somewhere. The next thing he says here is that this growing up in him involves growing, fitting, and then this, compacting, compacting. Again, in verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and, what's the next word? Say it with me, compacted, compacted. All right, that, that compacted means this is a close fit, not just a fit, but a close fit, compacted together, compacted together. Uh, as you, as, in other words, as you, when you first arrive here, and some of you are, are, are relatively new, some of you have been here for a while, as you are being, you go from growing to fitting to compacting, you ought to be moving from the periphery to the inside and from the inside to the core. That, that's, that's how you should be moving. Uh, when you first come and you're visiting, you know, you smile and you're checking the place out. After two years or three years, you shouldn't just still be smiling and checking the place out. You ought to be, you ought to be moving into the core. Right? You're moving into the core. Uh, and what happens as you move into the core, there is an interdependence. An interdependence. You would not know it today, but 10 years ago I had rotator cuff surgery on this arm. All right, so, so today it does everything that it's supposed to do. But after, I, and maybe some of you have had that type of surgery. Maybe you've had rotator cuff surgery or you've had knee surgery. What surprised me during the recovery of rotator cuff surgery is this. Uh, we had to walk, right, for exercise. So I'm wearing that, remember that big cushion you have to put here and everything is immobile. As I'm walking, I am creating all kinds of pain for my shoulder. What I did not realize is that my shoulder is very actively involved in my walking. 
You're not aware of that when you walk. No. But you cut that thing and then walk, you're going to be very aware that your shoulder is involved in walking. Do you understand? They're interdependent. Uh, keep your finger where you are, but look with me in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, where this body is described, and look at verse 24. And 25 and 26. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 24, 25, 26. Notice the interdependence of the members of a body. Verse 24, our comely parts have no need, but God, watch it, hath tempered the body together, having given more abundant honor to that part which lacked, that there should be no schism in the body, but that the members should have the same care one for another. Watch this in verse 26. Whether one member suffer, all the members suffer with it. If you drop a brick on your little toe, your brain knows it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or one member be honored, all the members rejoice with it. You know what that is? That is a compacted body. And we should be compacted to the place where if you're rejoicing in something, I'm rejoicing with you. If you're suffering through something, I'm suffering with you. If you're still on the periphery where you don't sense that rejoicing and sense that suffering, you're not compacted. But you should be. Don't fret if you're not, but ask God, because that's what he's trying to do, to help you. Because you've got to draw into an interdependence with all those who are in him. Isn't it strange to be talking to somebody and then you'll say to them, are you saved? Oh yeah, I got saved 15 years ago. But there is no evidence, aside from their testimony, that they're in Christ. That's not right. That's not, you're not, they're not growing. If somebody says, yes, I'm, I'm saved. And where do you go to church? They name it. Who's your pastor? They name him. What are you doing? They have something they're doing in that body. They, they, they are functioning, see, because they're growing up into him. I think we make a mistake sometimes when people first get saved and come, that, we, that we, we're wanting them to, to grow up into this assembly. Frankly, if they're growing up into him, they should also be growing up into this assembly. But we should not want them to grow up into this assembly without growing up into him. Yeah, there, there should be a spiritual maturity in him that allows them to function well in here. Yeah, Though, those things cannot be overlooked. I think sometimes churches, certainly in my youth, made the mistake of getting people very actively involved in the ministry before getting them very actively involved in Jesus Christ. Those should be happening, but not one over the other. Not, not certainly not the ministry over our relationship to him. I, I will say this, truly, you, you're not going to grow up in him without growing up into each other because we're members one of another cannot emphasize what I'm going to say enough. You must be here 
faithfully and regularly for the process of compacting to take place. Say it again. You must be here faithfully and regularly for this process of compacting to take place. I have a friend of mine, I have a radio broadcast five days a week and have for 25 years. I have a friend of mine who listened to the radio broadcast every day for years, but never came to church. And uh, somebody that he knew who was also listening to the broadcast said, you really should go there. And he did. And his wife came a little and then more faithfully and then all the time. And today he is very actively involved in our local church ministry. But he has also grown very much into him. You don't, you don't grow completely when you are not associated with those who are functioning in a body of believers. Do you understand that? Because there's a pastor and teacher involved. Sometimes we get the idea, I, I can do that, this growing on my own. But it doesn't work like that. Okay. There's also something in the text. Growing up into him involves, listen, supplying. Verse 16 again in Ephesians chapter 4, where we're studying. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which, what are the next three words? Help me here. Okay, let's try that again because we had a, a few reading silently. <laughs> okay, let's try that again. You all sing. I heard you singing very well together. Let's, let's see, say this together, okay? What's the, we're reading these three words. I'm going to read up to them and then we're going to read the words together. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which, here we go, every joint supplieth. How many joints supply? Every. Every joint supplieth. You may have been a hippie with a joint when you, before you were saved. <laughs> and now, now you're a Christian with a joint. Yeah. <laughs> but it's a different kind of joint. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Every, not, not some, every joint supplieth. In other words, in other words, at, when you start, everything is devoted to helping you grow. Grow up into Him. Everything is being devoted to make you fit. Everything is being devoted to help you be compacted. Once you're compacted, you start to supply. Every joint supplieth. There's something I'm doing that's helping you right now. There should be something you're doing that's helping here as well. Every joint supplieth. In that process of growing up into Him, you are His workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. There's something for you to do. It's a mutual supply. 
I, it, my, these joints that you see in my fingers are very important. They held the fork this morning, right? Then my wrist got involved. Then my elbow got involved. Then my tongue got involved. Then my teeth got involved. My jaw got involved. My esophagus got involved. And right now, my stomach is involved. <laughs> in nourishing this body. So if you're, if you're, listen, if you're not supplying something to this body and you're not still in that childhood state of growing up into him, you're a potentially parasite because you're only withdrawing. You're not supplying. That's you shouldn't, that shouldn't not be happening. The body is functioning harder to supply not only mutually, but to take care of you too. You could be a drain to the body. It's like having a disability. There's, there's an arm here, right? You see this. But so I, I have a friend of mine, and this arm doesn't work. So it's, non, it's there, it's attached, it's compacted, it's fit, it's joined, it's just not supplying anything. It's just limp hanging there. I, I wouldn't suggest this, but perhaps the Lord might suggest it to you. Are, are you just a dangling member? You're here, you're receiving the blood flow, you're, you're, it's apparent that you're here, but... Everything is, it runs through you, but nothing comes from you to assist the rest of the body. That, that, then that's, you're not supplying. We shouldn't ever, ever be like that. But there are people who are. If you're growing up into him, you're never a dangling member. You're a functioning member. You're a supplying member. You say, well, you don't understand, preacher, but I, I, I am to the point where I'm not really capable of supplying anything. I would beg to differ. Notice the next part of this growing up into him. Again, we're in verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the, what are the next two words? Effectual work. Effectual working. Doing something that's beneficial. Effectual working. That means you should be working in the measure of your part, whatever that is. Okay? I don't know if you knew this, but the ministry takes a lot of work. And you're, you're really fixing to find out <laughs> when that starts over there. And you know what I've learned in all these years of the ministry? I've pastored for over 30 years. Some people don't want to work. They like convenience because there's nothing convenient about the work of the ministry. We had a fellow that came to our church many years ago, and he had three businesses, and he became a very high-functioning member of our local body. He did a lot of things. So much so that, that over a seven-year period, he eventually became our full-time associate pastor until he retired. 
But he was working very hard in his three jobs and taking care of his family and functioning very highly in our ministry. You say, how in the world could he have done that? Because he grew up into him. When you grow up into him, it's not you, but him working through you to the benefit of those that you serve. You say, but preacher, you don't understand. I'm, I'm, uh, there's very little that I can do. Let me just tell you one thing that we've done in our church that will help you to understand there are many members and there are many functions when you grow up into him. I noticed in reading the Bible that widows, widows have a very special place in the Lord's heart. Would you agree with that? Yeah. And I noticed that when widows make petitions to the Lord, the Lord seems to always respond. Have you noticed that in reading your Bible? Yeah, I have too. So we have some wayward children in our church and also way or lost family members. In other words, we have families there, but their children are lost or they've strayed from the Lord. So we have filled out index cards with their names. And every Wednesday night when we gather for prayer, we pray for every one of those names. But that's only once a week. So I typed all those names on a list and I gave those lists to the widows in our church. And I said, I want you to pray for these people every single day. Because you have the time. And the Lord pays special attention to your prayers. So pray for them. Well, after about six months, one of the ladies in our church named Mary Ann said to me, Preacher, in the list that you type, there's a column over here for answered prayer. When do we get to start putting things in that column? And she was sitting back away a little bit, but next to the aisle like you're sitting. And I went and I sat down next to her. I said, Mary Ann, look across the aisle, three rows in front of you. You see that little girl that's sitting there with her family during every one of the services that we had during the missions conference? She's on your prayer list, and she hadn't been here in years. You see that fellow sitting next to her? That's her brother. And the girl sitting next to him, that's his girlfriend. They meet with me every week for Bible study, no less than an hour. Yes, ma'am, you're getting answers to your prayers. Don't stop now. You say, well, widows can't do much in the church. I'm telling you, they're doing more for the families in our church to bring those children into the fold or back to the Lord than anybody else can do because they get to do it every single day. You know what that is? Effectual work. Effectual work. This process of growing up into him also involves one of the things in our text. Verse 16. From whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth according to the effectual worker working in the measure of every part. Watch it. What are the next five, oh, one, two, three, four, five, six. I got to get the number of words right here. Six words. All right. Help me. Maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love making increase in the body a growing body the body of Christ grows by adding new members and a local church grows by adding 
Help me. Amen. New members, yeah, yeah. So, so when you are, when you, it, it makes increase of the body. I mean, I, I realize we can devise programs and methods and so forth to put more people in these chairs. How much better to grow up into him and let him put people in these chairs because we're doing the work he designed for us to do. Right? Yeah, then, then you can be sure that, that we're not just counting success by the number of bodies in the building, but by the number of members in him who are growing up into him. Because that's what a body should do. Uh, the body grows as it should. Uh, where is I, I'm looking around and I can't see all the faith. Where's Amy? There you are. Hey, girl, okay. There you, oh, you, I couldn't see you because you're, you're, quit hiding behind him. You look at me. No. <laughs> there you are. I should have known you might be sitting next to your mother. So she's, what, 13, right? All right. I was telling my wife yesterday because we've been able to have good fellowship with the family. My, our granddaughter will be seven in May. We, one of our grandchildren will be seven in May. And I told Ann, can you imagine that she's going to be Amy in six more years? I, I just can't even imagine that the body, her body, is going to go through all of that growth and change in just six years. And she's, my grandpa's name is Hop. I'll explain that sometime. <laughs> she said, but Hop. Remember how little she was when she was born? Look how big she is now. The truth of the matter is that once you start growing, right, that process can be very dramatic over the years, whether it's from childhood to youth or from youth to adulthood. There is increase, right, in the, your body and an increase in this body because you're growing, and you look where you are today, and you think, and in six years, what will I be? And what will this be? Well, if it's growing up into him, it will be different than it is today. It should be much more mature and more highly functional. Emma can't play tennis, our granddaughter. Amy plays tennis very well. You see? That's that, that's that increase. It's a natural thing. In our church, I have poured a lot of Bible into some men through lots of Bible study and time together. They are highly, highly functional members in the body of Christ and in our local church. So I'm going to ask you this as we conclude. Are you growing up in him? You don't have to nod your head or shake your head. This is a, a thought-provoking question. Are you growing up in Him? And the second question, are you doing your part in the body? That's the question. And then finally, are you in the body? This tie is on my body, but it's not in my body. I can take this off and I'll put it in the closet. If you go to church but you're not in him, you're like this tie. And one day he, you, you're not, we go to heaven and you're not here with us. 
You've got to be in the body, not on the body. Okay? So just, are you, are you growing up in Him? Are you doing your part in the body? And are you in the body? Let's pray. Father, thank you for a chance to really examine a scripture today, a verse. Help us to be very mindful of what you've taught us and to be faithful stewards of the word of God for Jesus' sake. Amen. 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 Folks, we're off to a good start, yes? Did, did you enjoy that? My goodness. And, that, and that's just the first, le- first lesson. This, this is a great start. He's talking, he used Amy as an illustration. When we got here, and this is our anniversary service, right? So this is our 11th year. When we got here, Amy was two, right? Amy was two. And, and the change that we've seen, obviously, in her is just tremendous. We could put hours and hours into the, into the stories of watching her grow up and the joys and the, and the effort that needs to go into that. But at the, same right, at the same time we've seen her grow, we've seen the church go from a horse riding stable <laughs> to owning our own place. And, and it's, it's not the building. That's just kind of a mile marker. But, but to see the peripheral come in and in and create a core, and now that, that's sup, that, that supplying, how exciting is that? How exciting is that? All right, folks, we're going to take a, a short break, have some time of fellowship.